0: This is the Sideline Slice, presented by Valentino's Pizza, the official pizza of the Huskers. Here's your host, Jessica Cootie, and Huskers Radio Network Analyst, Jeremiah Searles. And we welcome you back into another edition of the Sideline Slice. I'm Jessica Cootie with Jeremiah Searles, and the Huskers in the wind column. It was a squeaker at halftime, but pulling out in the end, 38-17 to 17 over North Dakota. Hey... Searles, you can never complain about a W, right?
1: No, you you take the wins when you can get them. I mean, that's that's just what you need to do because they're hard. Winning is hard. It's not an easy thing to do, which as Husker fans, we have realized over the past decade that it's a tough thing to do. So I'm never going to complain about a win. The greatest thing about a win is it makes corrections so much easier in the film room. When you're not looking at a correction going man that one play might have been the difference between a win and a loss right or that one mistake or that one turnover or whatever might be you can carry a lot of guilt and a lot of pressure on yourself as a player when it's like man that might have been why we lost but when you win it's a lot easier to get in the film room and make corrections and be like hey we won but this has to get fixed if we want to continue to win
0: we're going to dive into a few things here, but let's start with one of the things that you said needed to improve was a run game. And the run game was improved over 200 yards rushing in Anthony Grant. So what did you see out of him? He was pretty impressive on a few of those runs.
1: Oh, jump cut, Anthony? <laughs> man, that dude is special. That jump cut's fun to watch. Yeah, I think that, you know, we saw some flashes of that at the spring game, obviously, right? And then I saw some flashes of that in... The scrimmage and you saw even some of it last week i mean he had a, he had a good amount of running against northwestern too but you really got to see him come into his own this week and i think that when you have a complete back which i think grants a complete back you know i think comparison wise you look back at went to nebraska last time have a back that could run between the tackles he could bounce it outside and he still had the home run threat hit of speed i think back to almost divino zigbo right who was playing in the nfl you know, I think we've had a combination of those guys, right? We've had a scat back, and then we've had a power back, and then we've had kind of a, a a really fast back. But we haven't had a combination complete back since Ozigbo, and I think that Grant brings that to the table for us. And anytime you can have a running back like that, that really is going to elevate your offense to have a chance at being a dominant run football game. Because you know, he's one guy of making one guy miss and being able to take the take the to the distance and put six on the board.
0: Yeah, I mean, and and when you're a team that right now that's preparing for Nebraska and you saw the first week they threw it all over the place, last week they ran it. I mean, what does that do for an offense that probably wants to throw the ball quite a bit to have a running back that you can call on in that kind of situation?
1: You know, I really... For me, I hope that it goes more along the lines of we switch it more to a run, a run first offense. And that's the alignment in me, right? The run the damn ball guy. <laughs> but, you know, when you have a back like that, you want to get him in a rhythm early in a game. And so if you can say, hey, we want to get Anthony Grant in a rhythm early. We want to get him confidence early in the football game so that he can grow, right? You saw him grow in strength as the game went on. And that's really when you know you have a special back. When you see him in the fourth quarter, he's delivering the blows to the linebackers. He's delivering the blows to the safeties. And they're chasing him down, and he grows stronger as the game goes on. Well, you've got to get him started early. And so I think that'll give Whipple confidence in the offensive staff like, hey, let's start the game with some more runs possibly so we can get this back going and then we can sprinkle in the pass versus if you come out slinging the rock all over and then Grant gets kind of a slow start, he might not be even hitting stride until late third, fourth quarter when you want him hitting stride as quickly as possible. So I think this can give some confidence to the run game for Coach, uh, Coach Whipple and, the, and staff there. And I hope that it gives some confidence to the offensive line too because you, you have a horse back there you want to block well for him because you know that that one block that you make could be the difference between a negative play or 6 points.
0: And you and I have been high on the freshman AJ Allen from the first time we saw him in practice. I think it's safe to say that guy is not going to redshirt this year.
1: I wouldn't assume so. You know, <laughs> I think that that's a guy that you you have certain people that you're like, you "No, know, maybe we'll redshirt, but there's some guys you're just like, he's too talented. He's going to help us win." And when you need to win and you're in a season where winning is at a premium right now for coach Frost staff and this this entire state really you need every contributor you can on the field doesn't matter if he's 18 doesn't matter if he's 22 or anywhere in between if he can contribute in a big way and help win and put points on the board you're gonna see him on the field on Saturdays
0: okay so let's dive into you know some of the issues because at halftime Scott Frost when I interviewed him he said he was very Uh, unhappy with the offense, disappointed in the offense in the first half, but they couldn't really get the ball. And you had talked about this going into the Northwestern game about those short passes and, um, you know, kind of keeping the, uh, the Nebraska offense off the field. So what did you see in that regard and what North Dakota was doing and how can that be combated?
1: Yeah, you know, we can look back all the way, Jessica, to Purdue last year. I think Purdue last year... Is a team that I w- I remember watching that game going man this is kind of a blueprint of how to get after this Husker defense a little bit which is the quick passing game you know we talk about the pass rushers that we have and Chins talked about it in his press conference last week like you have to earn the right to rush the passer on first and second down well teams are just going to take that away from you when they're just going to dink and dunk you for three yards four yards seven yards and all of a sudden it's you're kind of skipping some third downs or if you're in third down it's in third and two and third and three and manageable. And, you know, there's a couple reasons that are behind that. And, uh, again, I'm just kind of speculating from former experience here. When you're getting short passes thrown at you as a defense, there's a couple ways to combat that. Number one, DBs, you got to play tighter. Linebackers, you got to play tighter on, on these guys out front. you got to press them. you got to get in their face a little bit. And you got to play tighter coverage, right? If it's a first and ten, got to be up in their face so that they can't complete an easy five-yard slant and live in second and five, right? Get up there and challenge them at the line. The other piece of it is if you know they're a quick passing game, sometimes as a coordinator, and I think Chins can get frustrated because he's not getting home with the pass rushers just because the ball's out so quick that you start dialing up some pressure. And when you dial up pressure and you're sending five or you're sending six even, you have to play zone coverage on the back end. When you play zone coverage, you're obviously just going to be a little more a little more soft in coverage because you have one less guy back there covering and that can open up some holes in the zone for the, the quick hook curls or the quick slants or the quick um, seam routes over the middle, you know? So it's just something that this Husker defense is going to have to get figured out because like anything, there's good coaches in this league. There's good coaches in all around college football and it's like the NFL. It's a copycat league until you show that you can stop something. You're going to continually get tested at it. And that goes all the way from offense and defense to individually as a player to if you put something on tape, people are going to keep testing you on it. And so I think we're going to continue to see teams want to try and short passing game us to neutralize guys like Garrett Nelson, O'Shawn Mathis, Caleb Tanner, of allowing them to pin their ears back and go and just frustrate them even more too. So it's something we're really going to have to figure out here. And I don't have a crystal ball answer for you, but I hope that Chins and those guys are really working on that because it's not the last time we're going to see it.
0: And then obviously, there's some concerns with the mistackling. We heard the players talk about it. We heard Coach Frost talk about it. Going to do some more one on ones this week in practice. But when, when that's an issue with some players, how do you fix that? How is that fixed quickly?
1: I don't know. And that's a, that's a tough thing. You know, being an offensive guy, I can't say I've ever been. Somewhere that's been like, oh man, we gotta tackle better, right? I have like You've never been tackles.
0: a tackler. I've had
1: like three tackles my entire career, and one of them I dislocated my shoulder. So I'm not exactly <laughs> the person to talk to about how to form tackle someone, you know. But I, I have been on teams that have struggled to tackle, and you know, there's really, there's really no quick fix to it. And I think that you're seeing it, and Nebraska's not the only team this is plagued by. Like, I watched a lot of college football this weekend. You know, there was missed tackles all over the place. This can go all the way back to just the lack of time and the lack of tackling in fall camp. And I mean, you don't want to tackle in fall camp because you don't want to get guys injured. But then when the real bullets start flying, it's almost impossible to just assume that people are going to be able just to go out there and just tackle at a million miles an hour, right at full speed. So you want to see growth in that. And I think that the, the hardest part for Husker Nation and you and I even was, I didn't see a ton of growth from Northwestern to North Dakota in the tackling phase, right? I kind of gave some grace against Northwestern. You know, I was like, okay, it's week zero. We're getting ourselves into it. But when it was basically equivalent to Northwestern, or maybe even a little worse than Northwestern with the tackling this week, that's a tad concerning. So I really am going to be focusing on that, watching this Georgia Southern team, because there's some really good athletes on this Georgia Southern team. So this guy's really got to wrap up. You can't have missed tackles. When you have a guy wrapped up in the backfield for a TFL, you can't miss that tackle. But it also comes down to all other 10 guys rallying to the football. You know, There was times that I thought saw guys rallying to the football really well for gang tackling. Other times, it was like there's a missed tackle and there was no one else around. Almost like people assumed that guy was going to make the tackle. You can't assume on defense that one guy is going to bring a guy down. It's got to be tackled by committee. So more guys running to the football is going to help with the missed tackling because there's going to be more bodies around. And really just continuing to get more live reps at it over and over and over again before we head into Oklahoma.
0: I I do think that Saturday was a good chance to get some guys, some experience. Hey, no Travis Volkalec, no Nick Henrich. And so you had some guys that were filling in some roles that at least you got them some experience, which that's going to pay dividends moving forward. Don't you think that, Hey, if this happens again, now we got some guys that have some game reps and they got a feel for it. Now you got to grow from it and get better from it.
1: Yeah. And you know, I think Ernest Hasman played well. You know, I think he played fairly well for getting your first meaningful stabs. He had a couple missed tackles, but I thought he played fast. I didn't think he played timid. You know, and that's what you want to see when a young guy gets his opportunities. But, man, you can tell we miss Volkolek. You can tell that Casey Thompson wants his six foot six, two 260-pound mattress to throw into, right? I mean, when you have a guy that big, he's just a safety blanket as a quarterback, and you saw it against Northwestern. And you really want to get that guy back. And I hope that he can be back this week. If not, but hopefully 100% for Oklahoma. And then, yeah, you talk about getting some guys game reps. It's always good to have your depth players get some meaningful reps so that come November when we're playing Minnesota and Michigan and and Wisconsin and Iowa that if that's when they're getting their first reps then they're not shell-shocked right they've had some experience to it so you never want to see guys get hurt you never want to see guys get dinged but at the same time early in the season it's good to get those guys reps you just like to hopefully get those guys reps because we're beating North Dakota by 60 in the third quarter and then you can put all those backups in there and get meaningful reps not just because guys are hurt.
0: I do think vocal, like, I think you're going to have a hard time keeping him off the field for Oklahoma. So I think he'll be back. Yeah. He is pretty adamant that he'll be back, but obviously don't want to rush it either because then that could be an injury that lingers. So hopefully he'll be back in the next couple of weeks. All right. And then one of the other things that was talked quite a lot about is just that this offense has a lot of new parts and a lot of new coaches and a lot of new pieces, a lot of new players that are trying to figure each other out. Have you been a part of that situation? And what goes into getting that... Rhythm, that consistency, that familiarity with each other, and I know it's it's game after game after game, but especially when and and they don't want to look ahead to Oklahoma, but especially when we as fans, we as media are saying, hey, we got a big one coming up in a week. So how do you kind of I guess push the accelerator on that process?
1: You know, it's got to happen in practice. You know, you can't you can't hope that. Oh, we'll just get to the games and figure it out. Like it has to happen in practice. You have to practice at full speed. You have to practice at game speed or else you're never going to be in sync. And that goes from everyone from the offensive line to the quarterback, to the running back, because we talk about Grant. Like if Grant's not seeing full speed reps in practice, he's not going to have the patience or he's not going to have the trust of like, that's where the hole is. Make sure I press the hole. Right. If he's getting to the hole quicker in the game, because the O line's not going as fast like it just doesn't mix well timing is everything on offense how quickly you hit the hole okay is it a nine step is it a nine step out route or is it an 11 step out right like you have to do it at game speed 100 times over and over over again and that starts in practice so that's just going to continue to go you just want to see that continuing to go as well. The other piece too is is protection becomes a huge piece of that too when you're talking about timing for quarterbacks and receivers. If protection's breaking down, the timing's obviously going to be off. And there was time where protection broke down not great. or It, was, it wasn't great at times versus North Dakota. So the protection's got to get better too in order to keep that passing game rhythm, which we want to do and Whipple wants to do. But in order to have the quick passing and to have the timing passing game, the protection's got to hold up better valentino's has been a nebraska tradition since 1957 get the big red double jumbo deal two one topping jumbo pizzas for only 18 29 each
0: all right let's talk georgia southern and uh, what you know about them and, and what needs to happen for the huskers in this game you know before heading into that oklahoma week
1: yeah you know so there's a couple things i don't it's going to be very similar to this week. And the fact that it is a lesser, and I say lesser with no disrespect to Georgia Southern, it's a lesser opponent. Now, I will say this, there is way, way, way better athletes on this Georgia Southern team than we saw last week against North Dakota. For example, I mean, well, we all know the quarterback, Kyle Van Trees. He played for Buffalo last year. He had a tough day against the Huskers last year. He went 24 for 50, 224 yards and a pick. So he didn't light the scoreboard on us and we beat the crap out of Buffalo last year. So he's going to remember that. He doesn't, he, he don't, people don't forget, you know, but then you also talk about, they have a really good receiver in Amari Jones who is an NFL prospect, right? So this is going to be kind of the first NFL prospect on the on the uh, edges that our DBs are going to see, right? So Tommy Hill, Quentin Newsome, all those guys like, hey, go make your medal and don't let this guy have a bunch of catches, right? Shut him down. Make someone else beat you on the edge versus allowing this guy to go out there and have a field day. And so those are kind of the two guys on offense. On defense, you know, this is just going to be a team that's going to be really athletic and run to the ball. This is a team that I'd like to see us be able to get after and running the football with. You know, I think if we can get after them and Grant, like I talked about earlier, in a rhythm, then we can keep that offense off the field and we can really just kind of control the clock and control this game. You know, that's That's what I want to see. You know, last week we won by 21, yes. But Jessica, I don't know if you'll agree with me, but I don't feel like we had control of that game until the fourth quarter. And you have to have control of these football games for four quarters, right? You have to control the tempo. You have to control the pace, control the momentum, because that's what you should do against opponents like this. And it's important for you to learn as a team how to control a football game so that when you're getting and you're playing against the the higher Michigans and you're playing against the Illinois, the Indianas, whoever in the Big Ten, that it's not new, right? You have to understand how to control a football game, especially when you have a lead. And so I'd like to see Nebraska come out and control this football game for 60 minutes, right? And that doesn't mean that you have to lead for 60 minutes, but even if you fall behind 7-10 to 10 or whatever it is, you still feel like you're in control. Right, so that's right. what I really want to see from this from this Nebraska team against Georgia Southern is just a control factor.
0: Yeah, and I, I think, too, and for this team, too, and it seemed like that kind of was uh, a little bit for um, some of these players, hey, did we come out and play exactly how we wanted to play? No, but you, you take the win, you take the pauses from it, and you can't get hung up on... Northwestern, You can't get hung up on North Dakota. you got to just keep moving forward and keep putting those positives together to keep growing as a football team. And I think we as fans, too, hey, close the chapter. Those two games are in the rearview mirror. And I, I know we like to talk about it, but let's see how they make improvements this week. Because that's what you got to do. you just got to keep improving.
1: Absolutely. And I'll tell you this. This is a confident Georgia Southern football team that's come in here. They just won 59-7 last week. Granted, it was against Morgan State of this <laughs> deaf and blind but you know I think that this is not going to be a team that's going to come in here intimidated you know I think they're going to watch the tape from last week and be like okay North Dakota came in there and challenged these guys on their home turf we can do the same it's going to be up to the Huskers to say no that's not how this works right this is our house this is our field we defend our home we come in we control we beat you right? That's what it has to be. You can't let a team like this hang around like we did with North Dakota. We have to go from the rip and go and just control this game from 60 minutes from start to finish and not give them a chance to breathe.
0: All right, quickly players to watch.
1: You know, I'm going to, I'm going to go with um, our two tackles. Uh, I think that last week, uh, Teddy Prohaska and Bryce Benhart had struggled at times. I'd like to see how they bounce back. You know, I'd like to see how they bounce back, not just in protection, but in the run game and see how they kind of get out there and like to see their physicality more on displays. Both those guys are mon- mountain of humans. <laughs> I mean, they're bigger than I am, right? I stand next to those two guys and I feel like shrimp. You do, you look tiny. So, I do, they, they, they tower over me. And so, what like, have you
0: ever been told you look tiny?
1: Right, and so I want to see them use <laughs> that physicality, use that big body, get out there and throw some dudes around, right? I'm, I'm watching, all I do is watch the offensive line. That's what I do, and I want to see those two guys That's a really get after people, really get after people, right? Yeah, so, shocker there. <laughs> Um, and then on the defensive side of the ball, you know, I, I really want to see Nash Hutchman continue to grow off of what I thought was a pretty solid performance. You know, he had some good disruptive stuff in the middle, the nose tackle. I want to see him really continue to disrupt and him to grow more confidence as a young player after losing Daniels last year. Um, and not having him in there, you know, that's a big spot to fill with how well he played. And I thought he took strides from Northwestern to this week, continue to watch him take strides and continue to get better. Because if we can have a nose guard that can eat up the guard in the center and keep those linebackers free to go make some tackles, that's going to pay huge dividends for this offense moving forward.
0: My biggest takeaway from Defense. this podcast is that you are not a good tackler or expert. Oh, tackler. I'm a
1: horrible tackler. <laughs> I tackled one guy against Northwestern and I dislocated my shoulder. In the NFL, I tackled one because <laughs> Nate Peterman threw a, his 70th pick of the year. And I tackled a guy from Chicago, and I ended up getting staff on my arm from a turf burn. So, no, <laughs> I am not a good tackler.
0: <laughs> oh, okay. That's awesome. All right. Well, we'll let you get out of here, and uh, we'll do it again next week going into a massive week uh, going into the Oklahoma. So, appreciate it. For Jeremiah Searles, I'm Jessica Coody. This is the Sideline Slice presented by Valentino's Pizza, the official pizza of the Huskers. Family traditions mean great food. With treasured Italian family recipes passed down for generations, Valentino's has become Nebraska's classic Italian tradition for 65 years.